This is it. News and free talk for all of Mid-Maryland. 930 WFMD. 622 at WFMD, the morning mayor, Bob Miller, with the real mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor in the uh, studios. If you have a question for him, 301-694-9363, 301-694-WFMD. So I'll, I'll hit you with some nice stuff, Mayor. We'll get you kind of situated and you're you know, all settled in. Uh, kind of give us a synopsis of what happened over July, 4th of July, high wheel race, uh, you know, great stuff. We've got the, uh, the name for the uh, baseball team. So let's start with the 4th. Fourth of July and high wheel race. These are events that I think in the past I've always said the city of Frederick, and there's a kind of an outgrowth of the city of Frederick. They're not really city of Frederick's events, are they? Well, it's a, it's an interesting hybrid. So Celebrate Frederick is the 501c3 nonprofit that actually pulls together the volunteers, selects the bands, does the real organization behind the events like. Fourth of July or summer concerts in the street. Where they are supported is the city's office of special events is really their staff. So we pay the staff that supports that nonprofit board. So it's okay. been a good relationship that's worked for, you know, 20, 30 years now. And uh, these are some of the most iconic events that occur in the city every year. And, and we're appreciative of the volunteers that sit on that board and the volunteers that all come together to make those events possible. Really, if you're in other areas, you'll find that there aren't there aren't the events that Frederick City has um, throughout the years. Not just you know one time or you know ground special occasions, but it's you know it's almost every other weekend. Well, and that's the. That's the benefit of both Celebrate Frederick, the work that the Downtown Frederick Partnership does to pull events together in uh, the downtown core and a variety of other nonprofit organizations that uh, work really hard to bring special events, cultural celebrations, other kinds of things to the city. So, yeah, we're we're unique, you know, at our size. Uh, I think people would expect that there's going to be these kinds of activities happening on a regular basis. Uh, I think we probably have more than our fair share, which is what really contributes to a positive quality of life, in my opinion. Is there anything that you go, I'd like to have this, let's make it happen? Yeah, I, there's a, probably a lot of things that I would say I'd like to have, but what I also know is that you can't just snap your fingers and make it happen. It requires a lot of time and energy, and so uh, the the events that we have now are born out of a lot. Of, you mentioned the high wheel race. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a passion project for, uh, for a couple of uh, individuals, Eric and Jeannie Rhodes, and uh, – I love the the way the city can support that. Would love to explore ways that we can can work with them a little bit closer. I think that's a fantastic event. Unfortunately, I was at a different conference um, on the Chop Tank River uh, that weekend and, and missed the high wheel race uh, and the the Asbury Block Party that that happened that same Saturday. So we just have a lot of really exciting things that are going on in this community. And if people want to bring an idea to us, I think we're open to the discussion. What what they need to be prepared to do is to uh, figure out how they can make it happen, lead their own efforts, because the city's role in most of these things is that police and DPW support that we can provide in order to ensure that uh, they go off without a hitch from that logistical standpoint. But you know, the organizing of an event, the bringing in the volunteers, those kinds of things, uh, we would really count on our partners to be the the primary providers of that and the catalyst for that let's talk about uh the base the newest baseball team's got a name you like the ghost towns i do like ghost towns with the five choices that was my favorite 
Okay. All right. I I, I want a hat. I got to get one of those. Uh, I love the uh, go the uh, the way hats. And I I you know I kind of threw my hat into the uh, Spires Cats, and then I realized there's another team called Spires. So I guess maybe that's well, why they and, didn't and, make and, it. And unfortunately for our friend Guy, that didn't make the final cut. That was right. one yeah. of the options. But uh, I appreciate his uh, dogged yes. determination. Yes. Well, Spider you know, Cats. maybe he can start his own team. I don't know. Um, on, Always on an another, option. If you, want, yeah. if you want to name a team, you know, whatever you want to name them, then start your own team. Right. We're going to get a little serious here in a couple minutes with city issues. But there's one more thing that I want to bring to your – and this has happened while you – you know, we hadn't talked in July, and I wanted to bring it up, and that is uh, the passing of Gil House. Um, friend of mine, uh, I'm sure he was uh, a friend of yours, maybe a thorn in your side sometimes, um, but somebody who loved downtown Frederick but didn't actually live in downtown Frederick. No, he, he lived in Urbana, and he frequently, particularly when I was on the board of Alderman, a little less frequently over the last uh, five years since I've been mayor, he was a uh, regular uh, participant in meetings in in city hall when uh, anything related to historic preservation the history of the community downtown was involved um, a tremendous advocate for telling the stories of this community and uh, we could do well if we had uh, you know 100 people just like him yeah and he was also big on making sure that uh, ada compliance was uh something that the city had to had to do absolutely and it's it's important to have those sort of watchdogs the city's had a number of them over the years uh, individuals that uh, remind us of why we're here and the work that we need to do every day so uh, absolutely uh, uh, a, a gentleman to to a fault yeah and uh, where he lived he was right next to a golf course and hung up a uh, a uh, t-shirt with my picture on it <laughs> so there you go was that to scare the birds yes away i think it was because what, well, what was the goal unfortunately golfers uh, relieved themselves on his property he tried to stop it so he put a toilet and a picture of me there i don't know <laughs> i don't know why that was okay. done uh and we love and gil, gil, loved gil me, was so. an original Yes, he was. All right, we'll talk more about stuff coming up, uh, things that we're going to talk about, all kinds of stuff. Uh, marijuana, downtown Frederick now. We've got uh, maybe term limits coming. We've got uh, roundabouts coming. So there's a lot to talk about in the uh, city of Frederick, and we'll do that coming up on the Morning News Express and Free Talk 930 WFMD. Get right to it, 635 at WFMD and the Morning News Express. Bob Miller with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor. On the in the uh, studio this morning, Mayor, we, I saw an article, and I I'm not a friend of these. I am not a fan of these, but I know that uh, it is becoming more prevalent not only in our area but all over the country, and that's roundabouts. And we're thinking about putting one in Modder Avenue area. Tell me um, the idea behind that, and is that something that the city approves, does, or is that more of a a state thing? It would be city if it's on a city road. So we've had a lot of concerns expressed by residents and neighborhoods across the city about traffic flow generally, speeds largely, um, how neighborhoods are traversed, how they're used as cut-throughs and those kinds of things. And what our traffic engineers are, are always looking at are what are the, the best practices and principles that can be used to uh, best move traffic from one point to another and how to do that at 
speeds that people will pay attention to. So um, the safe conveyance of traffic around the city, particularly on our city streets, is, is, a, is a top priority. So uh, concerns expressed in that neighborhood, those numbered streets, 10th, uh, uh, 9th, up through 14th, Frederick, Frederick uh, Avenue, uh, Fairview comes in there from from the west is um, it, it's an area with a lot of traffic. So I think what our traffic engineering department has tried to look at is what are some ways in which we can deal with the traffic in that area that will keep traffic moving, but also have a calming effect. Roundabouts um, have demonstrated that uh, they they slow people down, number one. Um, number two, they eliminate the most serious collisions that can occur at intersections, which are T-bones and head-ons. Um, you, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't drop the number to zero, uh, but the kind of uh, accidents you might have at a roundabout are more likely to be side swipes than those kind of, of collisions that may uh, result in uh, greater injury or, or death. So in, in putting a proposal out there like this, we're also interested in what the community has to say as well. So there's been a, a substantial public feedback period uh, to look at it, uh, what modifications can be made, whether or not the approach would be abandoned. There's a lot of uh, information that goes into what the, the traffic engineers are going to evaluate on that. One of the things that I find, it seems like they're never big enough for... That's the goal. The, the goal is to make it so that people have to slow down to go around them. Well, but if you're in a larger vehicle, it might be a little difficult to they get are, around they them. They are That's engineered to accommodate the largest vehicles that will be on our roads. Um, it requires those drivers to slow down as well. Well, speaking of driving, we're going to take a break, 638, get a check on traffic and weather together, and more with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, on Free Talk 930 WFMD. And the Morning News Express continues with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, in the uh, studios with us. Uh, Julie out in Adamstown said, well, wouldn't speed cameras be a better and less costly solution and would bring in revenue as well as opposed to putting in a uh, roundabout? So speed cameras help with speeding. They won't help with people who are not stopping at stop signs. We don't have the authority under state law to put up stop sign cameras. We can do red light cameras under some very limited um, capacity. I'd love more authority um, at the local level for us to deploy automated enforcement as a way to multiply the force. Uh, the challenge, of course, with speed cameras is uh, they don't actually affect one's driving record. So they're civil, not uh, not motor vehicle offenses. So no points attached to a license. Someone who consistently speeds and gets caught by speed cameras is never going to lose their license. They're just going to be out uh, an amount of money every time they do it. And that that fine never escalates. So repeat offenders don't get – and that's all in state law. Would love to see all of that change to create uh, a more – it's also a, more than 11 miles an hour above the speed limit, which people have pointed out. So you can still drive above the speed limit before the speed – camera is going to catch you. They're a tool, and I would love to have that tool. I don't think it's a tool that replaces other... We're trying to build a system that works, and I don't think there's going to be a single option that is the answer to getting people to slow down. The way we get people to slow down is for drivers to slow down. 
Well, police usually help for that matter, too. But police can't be everywhere all the time. So wherever you're deploying a police officer, they might slow people down in the moment that someone passes the car and then they speed up again. They can make a stop and deal with it on a case-by-case basis. But the the problem of speeding is pervasive, and uh, we need to deploy all the resources that are available. And we think that's good engineering. We think that's automated enforcement. It's obvious police deployed to do um, speed enforcement where, where appropriate. But it's a big city with a lot of neighborhoods, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to do uh, everything we can across a whole bunch of ways um, to deal with a problem that our residents have brought to our attention. Um, another uh, issue that we have uh, talked to ways um, to deal with a problem that our residents have brought to our attention. Um, another uh, issue that we have uh, talked about in the past, and that is um, marijuana is now um, legal for personal use. Um, and I don't know about you, and 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 I'm maybe you you have enforcement or code, whatever, when people try to put in a new business. But do we really want um, a, a market street filled with head shops? So we, we haven't written all of the rules that we can under the state law. They're still promulgating some of the state regulations with regards to uh, the licensing of uh, cannabis establishments. Uh, we had a workshop a couple of weeks ago with a conversation about, you know, do we want to allow on-site consumption uh, in the city? Uh, what kind of uh, zoning uh, restrictions might we put in place in terms of the distances that we would want to keep uh, any dispensaries away from, you know, other uses? Uh, it is it is legal for people to consume consume now personally, but it's important for people to understand that you you may not smoke in parks. You may not smoke on the street. You can't smoke in other public places. There's limitations on where um, people can exercise that that right that they now have. And we're going to be looking very closely at how the state uh, does their uh, licensing uh, process. Uh, a number of us from the city elected officials and staff are going to be attending a, uh, a symposium uh, next month that the Maryland Municipal League has pulled together to provide a lot of information about the police aspects of it, the human resources aspects of it, uh, the general health aspects of it. All those things sort of inform that local decision-making process that we have been uh, given the ability to use. Well, kind of like the roundabout and putting in police there. How you and you said police can't be everywhere. How are you gonna? How are you gonna do code enforcement on something like that? Well, I, you know, it, 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 the 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 odor of marijuana in some instances is not um, enough for the police to um, execute certain kinds of traffic. Um, issues so that they smell marijuana in a vehicle that they've pulled over. There's there's limitations on how they can use that uh, piece of information alone um, to make a determination. Uh, even if someone is is smoking uh, marijuana on the street and the police uh, cite them, it is not. Uh, the kind of uh, offense that is likely to lead to someone changing their behavior because the penalties are not um, especially severe, nor do I think there should they should be. So, you know, what we have to hope is that now that this is um, a, a part of the culture in a different way, certainly not the way uh, you and I may have seen it when we were growing up, the, the world has changed a little bit. Um, we have to hope that the people who decide to exercise their rights exercise their rights responsibly. We'll respond when they don't, but the call is for people to do the right thing so that we don't have to use um, heavy-handed or other kinds of enforcement tools in, in order to get people to comply. How will the city handle um, an employee smoking marijuana on their lunch break 
And then what about um, does the city do random drug tests and how will they handle that when it comes up positive for marijuana? So I think these are the kinds of HR issues that we have to deal with. Um, this is still a um, um, on the, the federal schedule. Um, as a substance that you cannot use if you hold certain um, Maryland Department of Transportation or Federal Department of Transportation um, licensing. Um, people who drive heavy vehicles for the city of Frederick who have to pass that, uh, um, have those DOT certifications, understand what the rules are. So nothing has changed for them in terms of their uh, ability to consume this product. Um, what an employee does on their lunch break is really an interesting question. If someone has a martini on their lunch, what does that mean? Um, it really it may, in some instances, come down to does it affect job performance? Um, do they have an accident that would require us to send them for testing? And then we find out that they may have been impaired or under the influence of any substance. Um, so I think there's a lot of questions that, that employers, um, the city is not alone in this. The private sector is going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to work through um, the way the and. The good news is we're not number one. There have been some other states that have come out of the box on this stuff already. We can look at what they've done in these areas. Um, we don't have to, uh, you know, carve our own path on this. We we do have some case studies that we can look at. But I think we're all trying to learn as much as we can about how this is going to change dynamics in a number of different ways. Well, I hope that uh, your next appearance, maybe we can uh, highlight some more of the things that you guys and other places have figured out. I still have a whole list of stuff, and I'll save them for the next time you're here. Mayor Mike O'Connor, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Bob. You Always too. a pleasure, sir. Thank you, sir. Right now, it's uh, 649 at WFMD.